At heart, I'm an engineer and a teacher. That's how I think of myself. I derive satisfaction from figuring out how to do problems and how to explain them. I, I like doing that. Figuring out the, a solution method, a, a clean, clear, logical solution method to a problem is something I like doing. It's probably not, not far from somebody who likes writing stories or who likes painting or drawing or writing a poem. It's a very personal thing. From Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, this is Techies Today, the Purdue Polytechnic Podcast. I'm John O. Mark French is a professor of mechanical engineering technology and a winner of the Charles B. Murphy Outstanding Undergraduate Teaching Award, which is Purdue's highest honor for teaching at the undergraduate level. Mark is also the author of the book, Fundamentals of Optimization, Methods, Minimum Principles, and Applications for Making Things Better. When he wanted to help his students understand challenging concepts in math that came up routinely in a course he teaches called Strength of Materials, Mark decided to create tutorials on video and post them online in a series he calls Brainwaves. We went behind the scenes with Mark in his office, which he's turned into a studio, to learn about the origins of his video series and how he reacted to the surprise of attracting viewers from around the world. Partway through the interview, you'll hear a brief clip from the Brainwaves video that Mark was producing during our visit. Mark, how do you come up with topics for your Brainwaves videos? Well, I taught uh, strength of materials for years, and that's where the video, the YouTube channel got started. And so at first, it was just the problems that my students were having. Whenever they'd get stuck with something, I'd, I'd shoot a quick video. And the very first one I shot got 500 hits quickly. And didn't, you didn't have to be too bright to figure it. 73 people didn't hit this video 500 times. Somebody else is watching this. And that's kind of where it got started. Originally, the, the students in my class wanted some way to record lectures. And I, I bought a little very inexpensive handheld video camera, a little camcorder, and brought it to class. And I tried recording the whole lecture. I tried recording problems. And it just didn't work. It wasn't, it wasn't a good format for it. So I thought, well, it can't be that hard to do a YouTube channel. So I shot one video with that old, that old little camera. And that's the one that started getting hit. So it, it, it started out me trying some things that didn't work to find this, this uh, YouTube channel idea it did work. And from there, I was in another office without any external lighting, and I had lights from a, for a high-speed video camera system I had. And so I had all these stand lights sitting around the office. It was really clunky, and it was really hard to get such intense light to, to uh, spread out enough. And so if you look at the old videos, the lighting is just horrible. The, actually, the audio wasn't that good either. And as time went by, and I started thinking, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. You know, I, I got a better camera. And fairly recently, one of the professors here, Carlos Morales, uh, helped me out. Some of his grad students came down, and they set up these nice uh, LED lights that you see up here right now. And there's some reflectors over here. And they found a camera that they thought would work really well. And I got a nice microphone for it and everything. So it's, it's, it's really good. This is a lot, lot better than it used to be. 
And uh, as far as production, this is kind of a philosophical thing because there's really two ways to do this. One is lots of production value, you know, uh, animations, lots of setup. Lot, and when the people who do this get lots of hits, it's not uncommon to see people get hundreds of thousands of hits on a fairly technical video. The other way to do it is what I'm doing, where I can set up and shoot a video in an hour or two and I can turn them around very quickly. So there's not a lot of production value. It's just me standing at my board with maybe with some a little demo pieces, some, some hardware, and then running through what amounts to basically a homework problem. And because I can turn them around so fast, I can respond to needs much more quickly. When did you first sense that your series was catching on in a bigger way with viewers beyond your own students? When I first started, posted the first couple of videos, I, to this day, I have no idea how people find these videos. They must be doing searches or something. And I realized, well, people can email, can you know, send messages, email essentially through YouTube. And I thought maybe one of my students would do that. That that would be another way to open up a, a channel of communications with my students. You know, they could send, they could send me requests at three o'clock in the morning or whatever, and I'd you know I'd be able to get them and respond. One of the very first emails. In fact, I think it might have been the first time a, a user or a viewer contacted me was from Austria. Uh, well, okay, that's definitely not one of my guys. I don't know how this person found it, but they had a question and I think I probably was able to answer it. But that's when it occurred to me, people all over the world are seeing this. And so now, once I've learned how to track all the, all the, the uh, data that YouTube provides, about a quarter of my views come from within the United States. So three quarters of them come from everywhere else. India is a big one because English is a big, you know, obviously a, a common language there. When you go down through the list, there's yeah, 210, 220 countries in the world, depending on how you count them. And I've got hits from every single one of them. I have hits from the Svalbard and Jan Mayan Islands. I had to go look it up, I had no idea where these were. By far, most of the hits come from uh, the United States, Great Britain, India, Australia. But I get a lot from, from countries where you wouldn't think there'd be enough English-speaking population for it to matter. So it's a really neat way to show engagement beyond the boundaries of just Purdue or even the United States. Our guest is Mark French, professor of mechanical engineering technology. And we're talking about Mark's YouTube channel. Mark, in what ways have your video's popularity surprised you? <laughs> um, I, I get I get a lot I, I get too many messages from viewers to answer. In fact, I, I, for a while I tried and I realized I just can't do this. There's too many of them. So I, I check them once in a while, and of course a lot of them are really positive. Probably the funniest thing I've ever had happen, and one that that convinced me that I was really onto something is I had a grad student who came here, you know, was admitted here and, and showed up in one of my classes, took my class as a student, and I walked in, he said, he's from Korea. He said, you're the YouTube guy. And I said, well, I'm one of the YouTube guys. He goes, we watch your videos in Korea, we all know you. I thought, well, okay, that's, didn't expect, didn't see that coming at all. But I occasionally run into to people, students who know me because of my YouTube videos. My son is a student here, and he has friends who know his dad through the videos. And they'll actually come to him and they say, is this, this, is this guy related to you? Well, turns out I am. <laughs> That's funny. I can kind of imagine you at a table 
signing autographs for a long line of students. Oh yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I had free donuts or something. Mark, what challenges have you faced in filming your series? And how have you overcome them? Well, there are, you know, any, anything that reaches out to this many people, there can be a lot of challenges. One is that, you know, I've turned these around pretty quickly, and I'm, I'm human, I'm fallible, I occasionally make a mistake in these. And sometimes I can fix it in editing, you know, that, that, you know, I'll actually put a little note, see that minus sign, that's wrong, but I corrected it later, that kind of thing. Once in a while, one will slip through, it really does have an error in it. Boy, do I hear about it. Wow. I, I had one that had an, a very subtle but real error in it that caused me to get the wrong answer. And it took me a while to get around to finally reshooting it. The original one was eight or ten minutes. In order to very, very carefully walk through the steps correctly and ensure to the viewers that I wasn't, you know, I hadn't messed it up this time, the replacement video was like 20 or 21 minutes, which for me is a really long video. When it's something more popular, like a video on the supersonic ping pong gun, where it's a lot of people who wouldn't normally be watching these come on, the nature of the comments changes a lot. When it's just engineering, engineering technology students, and people who are coming to me for information, it's, it's usually a pretty respectful conversation, you know, very professional conversation. When it went kind of popular, the supersonic ping pong gun video got 750,000 hits fairly quickly. I had every internet crank in the world leaving messages, and some of it was, was pretty, you know, rude, and I'm still not sure quite what motivated them, but when, the, more, the more visibility you get, the more those kinds of people sometimes show up. And, you know, you just, you, you have to have a thick skin about it. it. It bothered me for about a week, and then after that I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Which is what everybody else on the internet does, I'm sure. From all the videos that you've made, do you have a favorite or favorites? Either because oh, of the well, topic. that's a good question. I don't know. Either um, because of the topic or because of the challenges in that video or yeah, the reaction. Yeah, um, it turns out the ones I like aren't necessarily the ones anybody else is, else likes. Um, what I've learned over the years is I have very limited ability to predict which ones are going to be good and which ones aren't, or which ones are going to be popular and which ones aren't. I did one where I was riding a skateboard down the hall and purposely slammed into a wall to show deceleration. I thought it was great, but it didn't get very many hits. Another one that I did where I was showing how a beam changes stiffness if you're standing on the edge of it or you flip it over, like a floor joist versus like a diving board. And I thought that was simple to the point of maybe not being worth doing. Oh, that one was a big hit. So. It's, it's one of these things. I, I finally just decided that the viewers are right. Whatever they like, they like. And if that's, they'll tell me what I need to do to reach them. And as long as I'm respectful of that, respect their needs, and, and trust that they'll tell me, everything works out great. Hey, buckaroos and buckarettes, it's good to be back with you. And today I want to show you how to calculate the area moment inertia of a C-beam. You know, that's a beam that's got a cross-section shape I've like thought a, a lot about whether I want to change how I do the videos, whether I want to go to a more sophisticated production setup. And I don't think I do. It's, it's, it, the videos would look a lot cleaner, a lot more produced than they do now. But there'd be a lot fewer of them, and I, I wouldn't be nearly as responsive to the viewers. I like what I'm doing now. If there's one thing I would like to change, I want to have more 
hardware be part of it. A lot of the videos are just me at a board working through a homework problem, and some of the very popular ones are like that. I'm a lot more pleased with the results personally when I'm outside. You know, I'll, I'll come in here, do a little bit of math, go outside, ride a skateboard, sit on a beam, jump, bounce, something that's concrete and, and, and real, take those results and then come back here and finish the problem. Those, those seem to work out very well. I, li I like those. And I think as, as I get better at this, I'm going to have more and more of, the, the, of, uh, of uh, sort of an experimental character to it. How do you find the work that you put into these videos to be personally fulfilling? I'm a faculty member at a research university, and I take the research part of my job seriously. I, I try very hard to earn my place here. But at heart, I'm an engineer and a teacher. That's how I think of myself. And so I, I derive satisfaction from figuring out how to do problems and how to explain them. I, I like doing that. And it's, I don't, nobody needs to encourage me. I just do that anyway. And so figuring out the, a solution method, a, a clean, clear, logical solution method to a problem is something I like doing. It's probably not, not far from somebody who likes writing stories or who likes painting or drawing or writing a poem. It's a very personal thing. And I feel good when I know I've done a good job and the video comes out well. You know, the presentation's clear, I've thought through it, and it, it looks like something I'm really, I'm really pleased with the product. After 10 years of filming, the videos Mark French posted on YouTube have been seen more than six and a half million times. More than 39,000 people subscribe to his channel, and so far, Mark has produced more than 320 videos for Brainwaves and an additional series on his channel called Applied Optimization, in which Mark introduces viewers to basic analytical tools needed for technical mathematics and visualization. You'll find links to Mark's YouTube channel in the episode notes at polytechnic.purdue.edu slash techies today. Next time on Techies Today... Purdue University President Mitch Daniels and Purdue Polytechnic Dean Gary Bertolini talk about the Engineering and Polytechnic Gateway Complex, a $140 million project for a new building that will be constructed on campus during the next two years. We are going to be doing cutting-edge kinds of things when it comes to teaching and learning. And the activities that are going on there will be unlike anywhere else in the nation. Our podcast is produced at Purdue University in Purdue Polytechnic's Office of Marketing Communications. Our college is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at TechPurdue. And the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Techies Today. We invite you to contact us via email to techiestoday at purdue.edu. Production assistance comes from Matt Bosma, Peyton Drake, Bridget O'Brien and Zach Redimel. Our executive producer is Melissa Templeton. I'm John O, editor and producer for the podcast. Thanks for listening. That's what's happening for Techies Today.